Episode 35 The Sons of Shem Genesis 10 verses 21 to 32 Verse 21 Shem, Japheth's older brother, also had sons. One of his descendants was the father of all the sons of Eber. We now turn to the line of Shem, the son with the spiritual blessing which came from Noah and the line which is a part of God's funnel. And the first thing we see in this godly line of Shem is the mentioning of Eber, who hasn't been mentioned at all until this point. Eber is Shem's great-great-grandson, and yet despite this, he is brought into the picture at the same time that Shem's sons are to be mentioned. One of the 70 names mentioned in the Table of Nations. Verse 22. The sons of Shem were Elam, Ashur, Arphaxad, Lud, and Aram. Shem is the father of all the Semitic peoples of the world. Today, this includes Jews, Arabs, and others. The first one mentioned is Elam, which means eternity. His line has led to the Elamites and Persians of the world today. Ashur is mentioned next. His name means a step or strong. And he has led to the Assyrians and northern Iraqis of the Middle East. The next son is Arphaxad, which means I shall fail as the breast. His descendants have become the Chaldeans, mentioned in the Old Testament, the southern Iraqis, the Hebrews, Moabites, Jordanians and other groups of people in the general area. The fourth son mentioned is Lud, which means strife. They have become some of the groups in Asia Minor and North Africa. And the last son mentioned here is Aram, which means exalted. They have become the people around Syria, Lebanon and some other spots of the Middle East, Africa, etc. The sons of Shem were mentioned and after that came the side branch, which were the sons of Shem's son Aram. They were specifically listed because the sons of Aram play such a large part in the later pages of the Bible as they interact with the chosen line of Israel. All of these people from Shem are still very active figures on the world scene today. Verse 23. The sons of Aram were Uz, Hul, Githa, and Meshech. One of the sons, Uz, is certainly an ancestor of Job, of the book of Job. Verse 24. Arphaxad was the father of Shelah. Shelah was the father of Eber. Eber was the father of two sons. One son was named Peleg, because the earth was divided during his life. Eber's other son was named Joktan. Peleg is mentioned with specific information. For in his days the earth was divided. Peleg is Shem's great-great-great-grandson and was born 100 years after the flood in the year 1758, Anno Mundi. Peleg means division. The Tower of Babel occurred during Peleg's life, and the nations of the earth were divided at that time. Verse 26 to 30, Joktan was the father of Almodad, Shelef, Hazamaveth, Jira, Hadoram, Uzal, Dikla, Obal, Abimael, Sheba, Ophia, Havilah and Jobab. All these people were the sons of Joktan. These people lived in the area between Misha and Sipha in the hill country in the east. These people are found to the east of the land of Israel. They settled around Arabia, Yemen and even along the Indian oceans as far as India. 
Verse 31. These are the people from the families of Shem. They are arranged by families, languages, countries, and nations. God has been working through time and history, and slowly unfolding his beautiful plan. And we skip, or quickly pass over each step at our own great loss. Verse 32. This is the list of the families from the sons of Noah. They are arranged according to their nations. From these families come all the nations who spread across the earth after the flood. In the end, the lesson of Noah is one that we all need to take to heart. God loves the people of the world, and he will carefully and tenderly look after them as they faithfully call on and trust in him for their safety and deliverance. From Noah to the mentioning of his sons, we see a transition, and in this transition is a division of the world. All people come from Noah, and from him we take one of three roots. Through Shem, the spiritual son, through Ham, the son of physical achievement, or through Japheth, the intellectual son. Basically, what we have in the Old Testament is information given by God to the Jewish people. Even though Genesis comes before the calling of Israel, it is part of the Torah, or the five books of Moses received at Mount Sinai. All the way through the Old Testament, Israel is the focus of the story as it leads to Jesus. And then, in the three first Gospel accounts, we see Jesus fulfilling the Old Testament on our behalf. In other words, what is said there is written under the Old Testament and is directed to the Jewish people, not the Church. It wasn't until the night of the crucifixion that Jesus established the New Covenant in his blood. In the New Testament, Paul calls the Church and our life in Christ a mystery, which had not previously been revealed. The Gospel of John, although written mostly under the concepts of the Old Covenant, carries a mixture of Old and New Testament, and so it forms a transition to the understanding of Christ and the Church. Paul says four times that he is the Apostle to the Gentiles, and twice that Peter is the Apostle to the Jews. Right after Acts, the first letter is Romans. The baton is passed from Shem to Japheth, who will carry it for 2,000 years while Israel is under punishment for rejecting their Messiah. Paul's last signed letter is Philemon, which is followed by Hebrews. The letter is directed to the Hebrew people. After that is James, which is written to the twelve tribes scattered abroad, the Jewish people. Immediately after James are Peter's two letters, and he writes to the pilgrims of the dispersion. He even writes from Rome, where the book of Acts left off. After these letters, the three letters of John are introduced, which follow the same pattern as his Gospel, a mixture of Old and New Testament concepts, which form a transition to the understanding of Christ and the Church. After that is the letter of Jude, which is a summary of the book of 2 Peter and which speaks on identical themes. Finally, the book of Revelation, which is written to the Church in the first three chapters, 
and about Israel in chapters 4 to 19. From the time of Jesus' return in chapter 19, we see the merging of the two bodies into one in the millennial reign from Jerusalem, and then the eternal state. So if you stand back and look at the overall picture of the Bible, and then look at Noah's blessing to his sons, it is Japheth who resides in the tents of Shem. This means that Japheth would share in the same spiritual legacy as Shem, and it has for 2,000 years. But dwelling in the tents of someone means that you are encompassed by them. Shem is the banner carrier of the spiritual legacy from Genesis through the first half of Acts. From Acts chapter 13 until Philemon, Japheth carries the spiritual legacy. But from the book of Hebrews on, the spiritual banner is returned to Shem. And this will be literally fulfilled at the rapture of the church, when Israel, descended from Shem, will again be the spiritual focus of the world's attention. We can already see the world lining up for that. All of this has come from the blessing of one man to his three sons in the foundational book of the Bible. It is an amazing and beautiful story in the unfolding revelation of God's eternal word. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah and Amen.